morning everyone. This Sunday will be about 130 days. That's over four months since our COVID-19 lockdown started and we've had to stop meeting together physically uh, as a church. We hope that we'll be able to start meeting together again soon. Um, but as I'm pre-recording this message, my guess is that the number of cases in South Africa will probably be well over half a million by the time you listen to this. And the last few months have really been difficult in terms of uh, people's health, in terms of their finances, their families, their relationships. But through it all, God has been the same. God hasn't changed. And as elders of the church, we really wanted to end this series on growing in grace um, that Carl has led us through with the opportunity to hear what God has been doing in ECF. And so we asked a couple of you to share your stories of God's goodness with us. Um, Liesl and Richard both agreed to share their stories with you and we asked them to answer some questions about how they've seen the Lord's hand in their life and some lessons that they've learned uh, from God over this time. We also asked them to share their favorite verse, something that's been really meaningful to them during this time. Liesl uh, recently joined ECF and she shares a little bit about how God has led her to be part of ECF and how important it's been for her to be able to hear and apply the word of God in her life during this time. Richard also shares his story and as you know he's been very sick with COVID-19 for several weeks and he shares how God spared his life and how this has had such an impact on his perspective and on his relationship with the Lord. But just before we listen to both of these stories, I'd like to read a couple of verses that we'll pick up again uh, after they shared their stories. The first of these verses comes from Mark 8, verse 34, and they're words from Jesus himself. And he's calling the crowd to himself with his disciples. And he says to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? The second scriptures that I'd just like to read to us um, are ones that are quite interesting for us as a family. We've been watching an interesting series um, of a drive through some of the early places of the church in uh, Turkey and Israel um, and parts of Greece um, and, and, uh, and Syria. And it's been absolutely fa a fascinating series. Um, you can look it up on, on DSTV. But I want to read these verses from Acts 14. And they talk about the early church and the experience of the early church. And Acts 14, 19 to 28 uh, reads like this. Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. And having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went with, with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in their faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Attilia. And from there they sailed to Antioch. And when they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that, had, that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived, they gathered the church together. 
They declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. Let's take a little bit of time to listen now to Liesel and Richard as they share their stories of God's grace. Hi there, for those who don't know me, I'm Liesel and I'm married to Arnu. We have two beautiful boys, Lian and Yuvan. We've been attending ECA for about a year and a half now, and it's been such a blessing to be part of this church community. Just a little bit of a backstory of how we came to attend ECF. We've been searching for a biblically sound church for a few years now, and in that time I started listening to John MacArthur's sermons on YouTube, and in my desperation it finally dawned on me to go and have a look on the Master Seminary website to see if they have any church recommendations in our area. I was excited to see that there were three, uh, but my hope faded a little bit when the one was in Stellenbosch and the one in the southern suburbs and the third one was a residential address, which I thought was really strange. But upon having a closer look, I realized that the given address was in my complex a few hundred meters away from my house. And that is how I came to meet the two most wonderful people, Bonnie and Bruce Newsham. Fast forward to 2020, COVID-19, Corona lockdown kicked in. And in that first weekend of claustrophobia and uncertainty, I was so thankful to the Lord for having us be part of a church family and knowing that we were going to go through this pandemic with brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, the elders were so quick to arrange online services and uh, Tracy was on the ball providing us with lovely Sunday school activities to do with the kids. And Bonnie and Bruce were, were checking up via WhatsApp to see if we needed prayer or help or anything. So it's been a blessing because a few years ago we would not have had any of the support. So we are thankful to the Lord for his provision. We've been quite blessed insofar as work and health is concerned. Of course, there was anxiety in the beginning, not knowing if pay cuts were going to be made or if our jobs were secure. But that is when I wrote 1 Peter 5 or 7 in big letters on our wall, which says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That scripture verse really helped me when fears wanted to get the better of me. And it's carried me through knowing that God's in control, that he knows what's going to happen after this pandemic. He saw it coming. It didn't catch him by surprise. And he, even if you have nothing else, we have him. And that's what's most important. Also, Romans 8 verse 28, which says that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who has been called according to his purposes, was very, very comforting. Also, Carl Peterson's message a few weeks ago about the diamonds on the beach, the first diamond being that we already have everything we need, not talking about materialistic things, but uh, talking about we already have everything we need who God wants us to be. Because as a Christian, we've got all the tools to deal with a situation like this or any life crisis for that matter. We, we have the Holy Spirit that indwells us. We have the Word to guide us and we have the church who walks with us and we have mentors to help us. So we're not doing this on our own and we're not doing it in our own power, by, but by God's grace and by His power. For many parents, the homeschooling bit was quite an adjustment and I think they are thankful that the kids are returning to school. But for us, it was no adjustment at all because we've been homeschooling all along. But what has been an adjustment was not being able to see family and friends. Um, it just felt like our freedom has been taken away from us. And I had to remind myself that our freedom is in Christ and no one else. Uh, just before lockdown started, my uncle was diagnosed with cancer and he was told he had a cancerous growth in his throat. So throughout lockdown, he had to go th for chemo sessions, um, for chemotherapy. 
and we weren't able to see him in person but it's been such a blessing to be able to pray for him as a bible study group because I'm happy to say, <laughs> he was aware of it as well, that the doctors at the last visit was uh, very happy with the results, saying that the cancer has been cleared and they are positive, that it's looking good. He still needs to go for a final checkup, so, but they are looking happy and uh, we just want to thank the Lord for that because, yeah, as I say, it's, it's been a blessing to be able to pray with the group for him. Um, for now, by God's grace, we are happy and healthy and work-wise, everything is looking stable. We don't take that for granted. We are very, very thankful. But if anything should change in the near future, we'll just bring it to God and trust that He's in control. I mean, it's so comforting for me to know that I'm in the hands of a capable God who loves me, a good and loving Father, and so are you. So even though this life has its ups and downs and it's a roller coaster ride, we know that one thing is stable, and that is our God. Good morning to my ECF family. I greet every brother and sister in the name of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And really, I was so overwhelmed by all of your love and your concern in my time of illness. I thank God from the bottom of my heart for all your prayers, support, and encouraging messages. And God bless you all. I want to hereby give God all the glory, honor, and highest praise for His great grace and mercy towards me. After being po tested positive for the COVID-19 virus, I was so sick that my daughter Elise took me to Tigerberg Hospital, where praise God that there was a bed made available for me, and I was admitted and put on oxygen immediately. My body was aching and I was tired, and when I started to talk, I would start to cough and I couldn't even walk 10 paces, then I would be so tired that I had to lie down. Two days later, I was transferred to the Cape Town International Center, Center that was converted into a recovery wards. You know, I was so sick that the porters had to wheelchair me to the bathroom. And even that was a struggle. I tried to use the shower, but the water falling on my body felt like drops of lead. My appetite was bad, although the food was very good. But you know, <clears throat> a while back in my quiet time, I like to read Charles Spurgeon's daily devotions. And um, a while back, the, the devotion was from Hebrews 12, from verse 25. And I would like to read it to you. And at first I didn't really understand, but in hospital God gave me real understanding. And this verses became a reality to me. And it says here in Hebrews 12, from verse 25, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape, you refuse him who spoke on earth. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This yet once more indicates the removal of those things which are being shaken, that are being shaken as of things that were made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. And you know, I was <coughs> thinking on this and I had a bit of understanding that, you know, we as Christians, we possess many things, you know, and we owe many things that we have dear to us. <coughs> 
You know, like a high-flying job, you know, your status in life, <clears throat> and maybe your house, maybe your vehicle. And you know, some of us have super bodies and they're fitness freaks and where the second home is the gym. But immediately I want to say, you know, that there is nothing wrong with having all these things because you have worked hard for it, you know. But you know what the Word of God says here? It says that all of these things can be shaken and can even be removed. When I was in my, Ill, in my, in my illness at the hospital, this became a reality to me, you know. I know that some of you went through worse things than I have been through, but <clears throat> when I was there, I learned that all the things that I have, all the things that I possess, have no value at all where I was. And you know that all that remains, and especially to us who are born again Christians, is our God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Triune God cannot be shaken, cannot be moved. And our, you know, our salvation cannot be moved. God's love cannot be moved. Not now, not in the future. Nothing can separate us from God's love. The word of God cannot be shaken. Even in the earth shall pass away. But my word shall not pass away. God's promises to us cannot be shaken. And the Lord Jesus Christ said in his word, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And I will be with you till under the, until the end of the age. You know, and many more. While I was, you know, in hospital and sick there, these things came to me. And, you know, I thought by myself that God could ask me this question anytime now. As you are lying here now, what can you do without me? And, you know, God that knows all things. He knows your ins and outs. He knows your thoughts are far off. While you're like there, there's nothing you can hide from him. Like the old past flashes before you. And you see all the missed opportunities that you had to tell someone, hey, Jesus loves you, man. Or preach them the gospel. Or, you know, come alongside a brother that is ailing and struggling. Or anybody. You know? and, 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 you know, you had to repent and ask for forgiveness for those missed opportunities. And those are the things that really, you know, really hit me. That the things that cannot be removed, that is the things we must hold on to. The doctor that, you know, attended to me, you know, why when I could start speaking again with, out my, out coughing and my breath, now my just aching, you know, we had a conversation <clears throat> and then I learned that she was a born again Christian, what a beautiful person she is. And you know, while we were chatting about the goodness of God, she actually asked me to pray for her and her colleagues because this virus is for real. You know, and I urge all of you to really pray for the frontline workers, you know, from the porters, the nurses, the people that serve the food, the doctors, all of them. You know, they really put their lives at risk to serve us. Things went pretty okay then. On the 29th of June, 
the doctors were very happy with the readings and whatever they take and they decided to take me off the oxygen and the morning it was still a little bit slow going but later on as I breathed on my own you know the readings came up and they wanted it over 93% and it stayed there all the time and then the physio came and the physio took me for a walk and, and wonders above wonder and praise God for this that I went around a, a big block there of the, of the wards with her and I didn't feel that tired as I used to and praise God eventually I could go to the bathroom by myself and eventually I could even take a shower and enjoy it God is an awesome God then Psalm 8 came to me you know the word of God says that when I consider the the work of your fingers the moon and the stars then what is man that thou should even consider him or visit him and you know I was thinking on this and I think of I was thinking of you know the work of God's fingers he created the galaxies you know there's hundreds of galaxies thousands I don't know and we on earth is in one galaxy thousands of stars if you see the Milky Way the Milky Way consists of millions of stars and earth even through these satellite uh, photos and stuff amongst this big galaxy earth is but a dot and you could even even miss it if you don't know and you know even on this dot all of us lives on this dot and then I become personal I think of me I'm but a little tiny piece of dust on this earth and to think that God who created the galaxies could think of me you know where hundreds and thousands of people have died of this coronavirus he allowed me through his great grace to see another day and I praise God and you know this is where Romans 8 verse 28 comes in and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose and I believe that God still have a plan and purpose for my life and I owe my very breath and life to God to God be the glory great things he have done you know and this song would would come to me and it just blew my mind and the song says who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name would care to feel my hurt and who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light my way the way for my ever wandering heart who am I that the eyes that see my sin would look on me with love and watch me rise again who am I that the voice that calmed the sea would call out through the rain and calm the storm in me I am a flower quickly fading here today and gone tomorrow a wave tossed in the ocean a vapor in the wind and through all of this God says that I am His and I praise Him and I thank Him I really want to just encourage you by this
you know, life has some, many of us a curveball and we have had plans for our future and in an instant, you know, everything fell flat. And I can testify of this, really, you know, but that's a testimony for another time and another opportunity. Many of us have lost many things, maybe everything. But you know, at the end of the day, we mustn't lose hope in this God and mustn't lose faith in this God that we serve. Because the Lord Jesus Christ himself says, you know, encourage us in John 1 verse 14. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I've gone to prepare a place for you. And when I've gone to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I want to end my testimony by Hebrews 12 and the last two verses, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much to both Liesl and Richard for their accounts of how God has been working in their lives. It's always such an encouragement to hear from other Christians of how, how God is working and how they've been growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If one thing the last few weeks with Carl have reminded us, it's of our need to grow, to become more like Jesus, to grow in our character and in our service for Christ. But in the world today, we're very used to being consumers rather than participants. And something as elders that we're perhaps most concerned about is this, at this time when we can't gather together is that we become accustomed to just receiving and not to giving. In Jesus' own words, he made it clear. He said to be a follower of Christ means taking up one's cross and denying oneself. And in the world today, we can expect to be entertained. It's amazing what we can choose from today. The choice that we have is incredible, stimulating material that we can consume. But there's a risk that we take that mindset into our Christian walk. And we're looking for the next exciting thing. We're looking for the next exciting experience, something that tickles our ears or, or fills us with excitement. But what we've heard today from both of these testimonies is the importance of growing and bearing fruit, of focusing on God's word and on growing in our walk with him. There's a need for us to deny ourselves and to look to the interests of others as Christians. J.R. Packer was a man of God who served faithfully in the church for many, many years. In fact, he was 93 years old and he died just a few weeks ago. And as you listen to him speak of some of his final words and his walk with, with God, you can hear how he has grown in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, even up to a very late stage now, just before he died. He had some really important things to say about the family of God. This is a place where we can practice what God asked us to do. It's where we learn to deny ourselves. It's the place where we encourage each other. It's the place where we're accountable to other Christians. 
It's the place where we hear stories of how other Christians uh, have had God working in their lives. And it's the springboard. It's the place where we send out people to go into other communities to spread the gospel and where we ourselves are sent to spread the gospel. As we look at the story this morning from Acts, we see disciples caring for each other. We see them reaching out to Paul, who had been stoned after sharing the gospel. We see the gospel being preached in different places and Paul and Barnabas encouraging the followers of Jesus to continue in their faith, in the face of difficulties, in the face of trials. We see them aiming to strengthen the souls of the believers. We see them appointing elders to look after the believers and after praying and fasting with them, leaving those elders to take care of the flock. And we see them sharing the testimonies of God's goodness and spreading the gospel uh, and spending, finally, spending quality time together. In verse 28, we see them spending quality time together. I just want to end this morning by encouraging you, encouraging you not to be a, a consumer Christian this morning who's simply looking for the next exciting thing. Be a growing Christian. Be a Christian who takes their relationship with Jesus seriously. Spend time with other Christians, even when it's difficult to do that and maybe inconvenient and something that you'd rather not do. Reach out to the needs of others around you in ECF. This is really, really important. Look out for the interests of others and tell your stories. Tell what God is doing in your life right now. But also tell your struggles and your trials. This is a time when it's so important to get encouraged by other Christians, but also be held accountable to each other as Christians. And that happens really within the context of the church. So it's so important to be doing that and to be reaching out. Don't isolate yourself at this time and don't be a consumer Christian. Be a growing Christian. We've been reminded again this morning from Liesel and Richard of how important it is to belong to a church family, to be grounded in God's word and to be encouraged by the love of other believers and other Christians. So this morning, we just want to encourage you, take time to consider how you can reach out, how you can encourage others, and how you can grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, as we come before you now, and we just are so encouraged listening to the testimonies of uh, uh, these two um, people within our church, we thank you for the Church of ECF. We thank you that this is a place, Lord, where we can be encouraged, where we can be held accountable, and where we can grow in our knowledge of you and in, in the grace of knowing you. We just pray, Lord, that as we come to the end of this series and as we start something new next week, that we won't lose sight of what we've learned, that you'll help us to put these things into practice, Lord, and to grow, not to be stagnant Christians, and not just, Lord, wanting to be uh, stimulated the whole time, but rather, Lord, wanting to reach out and look out to the interests of others. We thank you, Lord, for everyone in our church. We thank you for what you've been doing in their lives. And we thank you for the stories that we've heard, even the ones that haven't been shared this morning, of what God is doing in ECF today. And we just pray, Lord, that you would bless each of us, each of us in our walk with you. Help us, Lord, to grow and not to become stagnant. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for your glory alone. Amen.